This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. In CISO. Oh, it's fabulous! A strike to get you up off your feet! Hello, welcome to Seagull Social Season 4, Episode 22. Um, what a win, boys. Uh, what a win. Um, although we did try our best to throw it away at the end. Um, but we'll talk about all of the, the good, bad and definitely the ugly towards the end of it. Um, but we're joined with Adam as well today, by the way, um, because Ben, I don't actually know where Ben is, Maz, do you? I, I didn't really get the reason. He's, he's working he... today. He's working. Okay, cool. What, that's the excuse this time. He's not hung over this time for, uh, for no, the comments um, <laughs> last week. But um, Maz, how are you, mate? It's good to have you back on. Thanks, mate. Oh, yeah, no, very good, very good. Um, yeah, uh, buzzing. What a game. What an incredible game to go to. Um, yeah, it was just amazing. Like you said, until the last 10, 15 minutes in typical Brighton fashion, uh, it made, we made it very nervy for ourselves. In, uh, like, I don't think there's any other team that can go 4 0 up and then <laughs> make themselves nervous for the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was insane. But no, in general, I'm very well. Thank you. You had a great Christmas. Um, yeah, how, how's your Christmas been? Everyone, Christmas been good? I completely forgot. Yeah, about mate, Christmas. Good. <laughs> That's Christmas really bad, good. isn't it? <laughs> Christmas good. Made all the better by last night as well. So uh, you know, no complaints yeah. really. Mm, no, true. Yeah, to be fair, Brian, how, my, my Christmas, your Christmas was all right. I just everyone's been unwell. So that's what it's been with us. Like, mm. and like, no one gets ill in my family. To be fair, we we tend to do all right. And then the last month, we've all just been knocked out. So this Christmas has just been a bit of a. You've been unwell, so you know next week you're going <laughs> to be unwell. Ward, yeah. And then yeah, literally. So then everyone's all right now. So then we go and beat Spurs. So we're we're back on track, mate. We're back on track up up the twenty twenty four. Um, but yeah, yeah no. Yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll talk about um. Tottenham last night because yeah we'll talk about Jack Hinchwood first and foremost because um, him and him and James Milner mate were absolutely rampant on either side weren't they who would have thought we would be saying that James Milner as well as our inverted winger the guy doesn't even know what inverted means um, but Adam what a what a game for for James Milner and Jack Hinchwood on either side for that first half particularly. Oh, unbelievable. And I think that that whole first half I think loads of people are saying it you guys are probably saying it as well you know Probably one of the best halves of football, you know, definitely this season, you know, for a long, long time. I don't see, I think I've seen a, a quality in that first half since kind of sometime last season. And you think about it with the context of the game, all the talk, no Natoma, no Adingra, you know, it's crisis for, you know, injury crisis at Brighton and, you know, Tottenham were the same. And, but I don't know, I kind of went into it with a, I felt slightly confident. I was looking at that, the kind of two centre halves that were playing for Tottenham, you know, not natural centre halves. And I was kind of feeling quite confident about it. And as soon as we started the game, it was just unbelievable. As you say, like, I was trying to work it out in the first five minutes. I thought we were playing a diamond in midfield because Milner was sort of like, we had like, it was a bit weird. But anyway, I think it turns out they were kind of playing wing backs, I guess. Milner just like so high and wide for that time in that first half, like pinning their right back up. I was thinking like, what the hell is going on here? Um, but yeah, it was it was unbelievable. And like, you know, we've seen in recent weeks how good Jack Hinshawood's been. And, uh, you know, another unbelievable performance from him. And uh, and yeah, that that kind of set the tone, I think, for what was a really good first half, and then an amazing game all round, really. Yeah. 
Yeah, Maz Hinchwood's goal, mate. If you if you want if you want to make a goal for a local boy to score against a big six club, it has to be a moment <laughs> where he's just got a welly it, isn't it? It's straight into the roof of the net. It comes across to him. It's great skill, by the way, from João Pedro. Um, probably his best game for us last night. Um, but yeah, mate, talk to me about that Hinch goal because that was poetry in motion, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, just quickly, a great point you made, actually. I think Jao Pedro for that goal was so integral. Like his fast feet, the way he just, yeah, created that opportunity for Hinchwood was, yeah, was fantastic. And then, yeah, the goal itself, uh, it was sort of one of those like Avit moments, you know, John Smith Avit. Uh, but no, it was, it was a great strike, absolutely wellied it. Yeah, just, uh, you know, I think it was one of those ones where it's just like he, he thought, right, I'm just going to connect with, this, with it as best as I can. And hope that, you know, it's a clean connection, which, yeah, it was one of the cleanest connections he probably could have wished for. Um, And yeah, and do you know what? It it was the the pace of it, obviously, just that Vicario had no chance. And Vicario made a couple of good saves, to be fair to him. But yeah, he stood no chance with that Hinchwood strike. And uh, yeah, I was so happy for Hinchwood because he had a fantastic game. He he looked up Sun like I've not seen before. (laughs) Um, I think Sun was absolutely dormant. I don't think he... Did nothing. um, nothing. You know, he... He did nothing, yeah. And I thought that was a big props to Hinchwood because he kept him so quiet. And then, yeah, to, to to also finish with a goal. I was so happy for him. And yeah, he's just coming on leaps and bounds. I think I saw someone say um, he might be a better prospect than Ferguson, but whisper it quietly. So um, ah, yeah, I'll, I'll leave that for you guys uh, to, to to ponder that one. But uh, no, he, he's I love his development and hopefully he just gets stronger and stronger. Yeah, on, just on your point there, Mads, on Hinchwood's sort of talent. Obviously, he's, he's, he's top, isn't he, by far? But, I mean, he's 18 years old. And, Adam, there's one thing I've really noticed about him. He knows where the goal is um, in terms of not just the goals he's scored now, but he always seems to have a couple of headers on target and he's had a couple of moments now. Um, and he seems to be quite an all-rounder. I mean, he's been playing right back, hasn't he, obviously? Mm-hmm. We'd want him in midfield where he's supposed to be, but... When he's gone in midfield, he's looked good. When he's at right back, he's very competent. He's played against the world-class winger in Son. So, I mean, it's not unreasonable. I'm not not a slight on Ferguson. This isn't even a comparison to Ferguson. But to talk about him in the same sort of breath as Ferguson is, is completely fair, isn't it? Completely. And I think, you know, he's got that knack that so many midfield... You know, it's like the knack that all midfielders want of, like, knowing when to time your runs into the box or when to appear. And, you know, he, he, he'll he be playing right back. You saw it in the Crystal Palace game. You saw it in the Brentford game. He just loves getting forward. He loves getting forward. If he's playing right back, he'll drift into midfield. And he's, he'll always be... If there's a cross coming in from the left or the right, he will be making that bursting run into the box. And we saw that with, you know, João Pedro when he was kind of had the ball at his feet and you could tell none of the defenders kind of wanted to tackle him because they didn't want to give him a pen away. So they left him to have the ball and then it left so much space for Jack and Shawood who just burst in. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's interesting with him because he's, you know, I think when you're that good as a footballer and you can just tell he's a quality footballer, he can take the ball anywhere, receive it, pass it under any kind of pressurised situation when we're playing out from the back, when we're being pressed, particularly last night. You know, he's obviously just got this supreme this supreme confidence in his ability to just pass the football. And uh, I think when you've got a talent like that, you can sort of play anyway. He's playing right back at the moment. He'll definitely be able to play in centre midfield for us. And it's nice to see a midfielder who scores goals, as I say, because, um, you know, we've not that we've been missing that, but it kind of is such a useful spark to have in your team. Um, and, I'm, and I was just thinking that like, when, you know, like when COVID started, he was like, what, 14, 15? It's just like mad to think he's now like, <laughs> scoring in the Premier that's League. Insane. It's just, like, yeah, just that's weird. weird. But that's yeah, weird. Um, well, we've got a belly goal out in uh, in Real Madrid, but we've got Hitchell goal here. So uh, that's all I'm saying. We'll, we'll, we'll keep the comparisons <laughs> on the low profile for now. Um, but no, um, yeah, props to Jack Hitchwood. Great, great performance again. Um, but yeah, just the man we mentioned beforehand, Joao Pedro. Um, like best performance I think I've seen from him. Uh, him and James Milner, as I say, were all over the place, mate. I, I couldn't decide who was man of the match. As you say, Adam, that first half was yeah the only one I could really think of was Liverpool last season. Um, maybe yeah. also Wolves. I think we went up like 4-0, wasn't it, in the first half? But to play against Tottenham, a team that they are, I know they had a couple of injuries at, at centre-back, but we still had to go there and do a job on them. And we don't tend to do that at the moment. So to see that was good, but... João Pedro Maz, um, he, he, not that he really struggled to come into I think he did well in the pre-season, but he probably didn't have the all-round game maybe as quickly as he would have liked to here. Um, but I think yesterday was complete proof that he can do that. It, his running was immense. 
Um, oh. pretty much covered every blade of grass, didn't he? So, um, yeah, talk to me about Jao Pedro yeah. in terms of everything. I mean, his all-round game is just improving, isn't it, every week? Oh, yeah, he was fantastic yesterday. I thought by far his best performance. And we saw, um, I love the way he was running the channels. And I think we saw his best performance out on that left-hand side. And, you know, we've always, we've always said on this podcast, like, is he an out-and-out sort of striker, a number nine, so to speak? I, I just don't think that's his best position. I think that proved it yesterday by him playing out wide um, and having Danny Welbeck alongside him. He just looked so much better. And get, I think it gave him that freedom as well, uh, just to be the sort of true Jao Pedro that uh, we all know well, how great he can be. Um, yeah, yeah, mate, do you know what? Um, bring, <laughs> you know, King Welbeck, mate. I've always loved him, always said how good he was. Um, <laughs> but I, I think having that focal figure in Welbeck up top, uh, really complimented well, um, Jao Pedro and gave him that freedom and those runs behind him. He just kept like, you know, he just was running all day long, all night long even. And he's just creating, I think his runs was then opening opportunities for others to, to then do their yeah. thing. And yeah, it, it just, I just loved his work rate. You could tell he's fired up as well. You saw the little incident with Lacelso as he came off. Even Come prior on. to that, he was having a few little, you know, little battles with other players. Yeah. So, it was great to see him fired up and he, he looked like he just really wanted to play well. And, and yeah, like we mentioned, he, the assist for Hinshelwood, obviously his penalty, um, you know, he, he just played really, really well. And um, yeah, I, I, I think I'd much prefer him out wide uh, rather than uh, centrally, I think. Yeah, it's fair. I don't, I don't think, yeah, maybe. I, he's He's gotten a lot better at them sort of pressing runs now. I think he really pushes the back four back. Uh, I think he really pinned uh, their two centre backs quite a lot of times um, yesterday, which is one thing that maybe he yeah, didn't runs do in behind. Yeah, then runs in behind, and also just the way he sort of puts the pressure on him. I mean, it's it's something that we haven't really had that much. Um, I mean, Mope did it on his on his day, but it was it was too irregular, really. But if Sharpedro can do that every other week, then we, we've got a great player on our hands. And as you say, the versatility always helps. But his penalty taking, mate. His penalty taken. He's got hundred percent record still. Um that's for us. And I think he's also got a hundred percent record in um in Watford. So you can correct me if I'm wrong there, but I'm I'm fairly certain of it. Um but regardless of it, if it's a ninety five percent at Watford or whatever it was, he's he's he, I don't even know how he does it. He he's only twenty one, let's remember. And he seems to clear his head like anything, doesn't he, Adam? I mean it's it's a great skill to have for us because we haven't had that confident penalty taker apart from Alexis. Yeah, mate, and like, you know, he's got that, th- it's like the Matt Letitia thing of like, you last, you know, you, you wait until the keeper moves and then you just knock it in the other corner and he's just so cool with it every single time. And I think, as you say, because like, I, do you remember that era when we had like Morpe on pens and stuff and it was just like, it was so hairy and like, every, we kept like, oh, missing yeah. pens and there was yeah. that Pascal Gross miss, I think, was it... In that West Brom game, it was just like every game, like having a penalty, it felt like a bit of a curse, to be honest. So the fact we've now got Jao Pedro, you can literally just like bang the pens, is so good. One thing I want to say about Jao Pedro as well is like, I think when he's playing in that two, oh, sorry, when he's playing against like two centre-halves, I think we saw it particularly last night. Um, you know, I was sitting in the West Lower, uh, kind of watching him in that second half. And when Spurs are playing that high line and the ball's getting knocked in behind, he'll make that darting run. And he's got that kind of, I think what he's beginning to add to his game is that kind of, is what Glenn Murray had a little bit, understanding the dark arts of playing sort of centre forward a bit, the kind of elbow into the chest of the defender before the ball comes in, kind of being able to make a bit of space for himself. I think he's really learning that a little bit more now. And he just looks a really accomplished kind of, uh, player against like physical centre backs and stuff. And I just, I was, I was really impressed with that as well. I think he's got a lot of strings to his bow now. Mm. Yeah, I agree. He's good at that sort of drop back centre forward play. Yeah. To be fair, as well, it's it's it's, it's good all round skill to have. I think he's he's only going to get better. Um, I was a bit worried about Deserby's comments at full time when he said that we'll struggle to keep hold him for another year. Um, I don't know if yeah. you guys saw that, but that was. I, I didn't know yeah. what to take of that. To be fair, in fact, I'll get your honest reaction as on that because it's. I don't know. Is he saying that he's there is a club already interested in him, or is it just he's, he's a good player and he's going to be talked about? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I did find that comment a bit weird. Like we can only hold on to him for a year or something like that. Like, yeah, it was just a bit of a strange thing to say, especially after such a great win. And I know you're trying to. I think what, what I think what he was trying to do was emphasise how good of a player he is. But I think it can definitely be misconstrued 
as to not be mm. like that. Like I think Fabrizio ran with it and put like eyes emojis. I saw the reporter who who um yeah, I saw the reporter who broke broke the quote as well. He put like eyes emoji as well. Like I think a lot of the journalists took it as if like he's basically saying, is Jao Pedro on the market? Is he gonna last you know, that long at Brighton, which, yeah, we don't like to see that, do we? We've seen it all happen with so many players in the past, you know, Kukurea, Caicedo, just just recently. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just frustrating as a fan, you know, you want to keep hold of all your best players. And as soon as they have, we said it, remember, when, as soon as a Brighton player has, like, let's say, three or four good games in a row, straight away, everyone's like, yeah, he's gone, see you later, like, let's, let's, let's get him gone. And it's just so frustrating as a fan to see that. And I don't think Deserby's comments help that narrative. Um, so my only thing I, I personally didn't like was the fact that he could have maybe just, uh, worded it again, maybe lost in translation. Maybe, yeah, maybe could have worded it differently. I don't know. It I just, suppose he it, always it, gets them lost in yeah. translation, doesn't he? he? Tends to say something, and yeah. then people tend to go and run off with stuff. I mean, I think it was when he said about Caicedo yeah. last season, wasn't he? he? Said, I've already forgotten Moises, and obviously, he's not <laughs> yeah, saying yeah. he's actually forgotten Moises, he's just saying yeah. with the past is the past, oh, you know what I mean? So, I think yeah. he's, yeah, yeah, yeah we've moved on. Yeah. So sometimes, I think it's he, he says things that seem quite abrupt because one thing I've noticed, particularly at the press conferences, you say something to him and he takes sort of one bit of what you say and then runs with that rather than actually listen to the full question. So uh, sometimes okay. that's, you know, you could say, you know, Joao Pedro has been good this season, but how does he compare to two weeks ago? And he'll just say, yeah, Joao Pedro is good, but I have to say Edingra was great. And then you're like, okay, right. So that's that's where I think sometimes he can sort of go away from the translations but hopefully that's all it was because I really yeah. don't want to be losing Joao anytime soon um, and, okay and, and cool also we'll move one on thing I'd say... oh, go on. sorry no, so, all I was going to say just with the Joao Pedro thing is like <laughs> you know we sign him as what like a 20 21 year old like on a on a four or five year contract like for 30 million quid like the idea that we're going to let him go in the summer or even like let's say in a in like next January like it's just not going to happen I just what, what offer would have to come in like, it would have to be unbelievable for Brian to yeah. let him go so I think I just yeah. think that's just not going to happen well, you've probably got a three times it knowing us, haven't you? I mean, at least because exactly. you know he's quite a rare breed, as we as we say. The characteristics he's got are good, um, but it, as well, the mentality that he's got is is, is even better. So that's that that in itself is worth so much money. Um, I, I, as you say, we don't tend to spend thirty million, so you'd want ninety plus, wouldn't you? Because that's going to at least three times it. But anyway, that's just speculation. We'll see what happens, but I doubt it's anything to worry about ahead of January. Um, okay, well, actually, one thing I want to say about that that second penalty, uh, sorry, the first penalty, should I say, second goal, was how did it not get given in real time? And th- this is the frustration for me. Do you think it's... I, I don't know about you, Adam. Does it, does it feel like referees almost... And linesmen as well, just don't do their job as much and they sort of rely on VAR a little bit to, to get the right decision and they just sort of leave it and, and that's how it is. Completely. I reckon like that probably does happen. Like, if you know that you've got that safety net there, then you, you kind of feel like if you're not 100% sure... So I suppose like if you give it kind of the burden of proof then to kind of take the, the penalty away would have to be quite a lot. So kind of maybe it's a little bit better to be more cautious and not give it. But then kind of that is your job. You are there to referee the game, like see penalties and give them. I think the I think the, it job, was weird man. with the ref last night. I got a bit in, Yeah, literally, literally the Roy King got it. But yeah, like it annoyed me just because like um like the ref with the with the free kicks and stuff, booking Buonanotte, then he booked someone else. I can't remember who it was, and it's just oh, like, yeah. The Spurs player did it and he just didn't, he didn't care. It was just like, so odd. Um, but yeah, I think the refs probably do, probably do rely on VAR too much. And, you know, maybe we should, maybe we got a bit lucky with the Lewis dunk. Uh, you know, it's lots of Spurs fans saying yeah. maybe he should have seen red. I think maybe that is right. I haven't seen it back in kind of full speed, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it makes up for the calamity that was the game at, at you know, the Tottenham Stadium last anyway. season. So yeah. I don't think anyone can complain too much. Karma's wonderful, mate. It really is. I mean, sometimes when it all comes back around, I think I saw a Spurs fan saying that um, they've, they've got an agenda against him. If Lewis Dunk was wearing white, then he would yeah, have been mate, sent off or rough. whatever. And I was thinking, seriously, like, how can you even have nerve to say that after last year? Honestly, it's it's mind-blowing. I mean, they they got away with it for years with Kane. And now that that guy is gone, it gives me that little bit more confidence that, you know, there's less cheating from that, from that Spurs side. But um, yeah, Mavs, do, do you agree with that on the... 
sort of giving things in real time thing. I just want to get your quick thoughts on it, really. Is it? Do you think that referees are almost a bit cautious? I know we seem to bash them all the time, but we don't don't mean to. But they keep doing these crazy things. Mm. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And uh, I think as well um, with regards to, to referees, like Adam said, I think that safety net of them knowing that they can make a decision on the field and it will get rectified by VAR if they are wrong. Um, and I think that's what. I think a lot of them are sort of relying on and yeah, some, some of the officiating is so suspect and you think for me, it's just the lack of consistency. There's just no consistency in what they do. Like, like Adam mentioned, you know, he'll give a, he'll give a yellow card and a free kick for one thing. Um, and then it'll happen again and then won't give it the next time. And it's like, well, where's the consistency? Where's the, you know, um, yeah, just be consistent with what you're you're doing. And I think we, there needs to be a hard look at uh, officiating in this country. I think there needs to be some kind of training program set up. There needs to be something, something has to happen because I think at, at the moment it's at an all-time low and I just don't see where it's going to improve and how it's going to improve. You know, there has to be something done about it. Otherwise, we're just going to be sat here every game talking about bad decisions. So I think something needs to be done um, definitely from sort of lower uh, champ level up, upwards because I know they sort of sometimes rotate and come down and up so yeah I think something needs to be done definitely yeah I agree at least we didn't get any terrible decisions our way like normal I mean I think Arsenal had one last night to know that Socek goal where it was miles out of play I don't know if you guys saw it but it was it was so blatantly so far out of play yeah I've got no idea similar to Newcastle right? yeah and then I think Forrest had one last week where that that guy got sent off, I think it was Bolly or something got sent off. Um, just just uh, it's always there's always controversy every single week, and it, it, it just you you always get confused as to what's what's going on. But anyway, we'll move on. Um, yeah, that that first half was was very encouraging, and to be honest with you, I think probably we could have gone in a little bit better off, and maybe we should have done. Um, and that's probably one of those things that Deserby, being the perfectionist he is, will say we went in at two 0 against the, one of the best teams in the league great but we could have had four or five um yeah, i think welbeck had a good chance i think there was quite a good few good chances there but joe pedro had a good chance um but you know it's just one of those things i think we need to start killing teams quicker maybe um just to make sure that they don't get them sort of last 10 minutes and we're we're, we're worrying again but second half spurs came back into it a little bit um they started quite well um to be fair to them was there any moments adam apart from obviously the last 15 where you were worried they were going to come back or did you just feel like it was our day? I think at half-time I was a bit unsure. I think we were all turning to ourselves, turning to the people around us and kind of going like, you know, this this could have, this should really be like 3-4-0, to be honest. You think back to that Milner shot, he had that shot hit the post. Van Hecker from a corner hit the post as well. Welbeck definitely should have scored. Yeah, and it point. did feel good a bit point. like, you know, you know, like, you know, if Spurs could quite easily come back into this, get a goal, and it's suddenly quite hairy. I think when the second half started, I, it felt like they found a bit more rhythm. I think they got a bit more confidence, but I think any confidence they did have, I don't think was massively like they weren't. They didn't start, suddenly come and start outplaying Brighton. I think they just got got their foot in the game a bit more. And then the second that a steep and yeah, you know, you know. Uh, you know, score that unbelievable goal, then the whole, all of that momentum was just killed immediately, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think, well, I th- also with Tottenham, I think like, you know, they, they play such a high line and that's just going to play into Brighton's hands. We know that we speak about this so many times Like Brighton struggled to break teams down. He's sitting a low block, make it really hard for them, you know, to play against teams that want to sit on the halfway line. Like it's just, you know, Brighton will play through that like butter and, you know, like a knife through butter, you know, so, I think I was never that kind of worried when the second half started, but I did just think we needed a couple more goals for a safety net and uh, a good job. Good job. We got them, I guess. Picture the scene, all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, We understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. 
let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Well, yeah, I mean, we know how many goals Tottenham score, but as you say, that third one did put it out of sight. It was like an arrow from Purvis. And I didn't even wow. think he could have been on the pitch at halftime, to be fair. I didn't, didn't think it was right time to bring him on, but obviously Eagle maybe didn't have his best half, to be fair. Um, but then what a strike that was. I mean, what a way to come back to the Amex and announce yourself back onto the back onto the stage by Purvis. I mean, Maz, that, that shot was was perfect, wasn't it? And I was exactly the person, alongside with my wow. dad, I pretty much simultaneously shouting, don't shoot, before it goes straight into the back of the net. I mean, <laughs> what a goal from Purvis Estupinian, Maz. Ah. Uh... Honestly, I, I was so lucky where I was sat. I was a, uh, I was west lower, literally two rows, two rows from the pitch. And honestly, the angle I had of that shot was just outrageous. The f- <laughs> oh, sorry, two seconds. God, um, scared um, of life. Even Rufio's getting excited about the goal. Even Rufio's rating the goal. Um, yeah, no, it, just like absolute dagger. Um, like just a technique on it. And and I loved his celebration after the fact he was going, I'm back, I'm back. And it just, I think it showed uh, how much it meant to him as well. Um, and like, you know, he's obviously been frustrated with injuries and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I was so, so happy for him. And what a strike it was just to be able to do it from that distance. Um, and I think Eagle was actually injured because I turned around, I, rem- I remember, because I was like, this is too early for Estepinia to come on. And I turned around to my friends, I was like, he, Eagle's definitely injured. Obviously, I didn't want it to be true, but I was like, there's no reason why he'd take Igor off. Because I actually, I, I disagree with you, Ron. I don't think he was that bad. I thought he thought he, he, he was all right. Obviously, I know Brennan Johnson, he did, Brennan Johnson did get in behind him a few times, which wasn't great. Um, it's more than giving the ball and, away a yeah, couple of times. He, he, and we know what Igor's like. He's, he's a good yeah. player, obviously. Um, and I, I, I think I've just got high yeah. expectations of him. He is a great player, has been for us, but... Um, just thought maybe if there was a time where he comes off, maybe it was then. Um, but yeah, apparently he is injured as well. So now we have no fit centre-backs going into, apart from Van Hecker, obviously, uh, which is a whole other worry for West Ham because Dunk's now out, Igor's out, and so is Buonanotte uh, is out as well. So that just adds to the problems. We've got this great good performance yeah. and great win, but... Yeah, we're we're with less players, um, but yeah, that that goal. I mean, I'm in the West Upper as always, and and I'm right on the on the halfway line where the commentary is. So, I think um, in terms of um, popcorn seats, I mean, if you're going to get any tickets, uh, season tickets particularly, I would highly recommend getting on that halfway line of the West Upper because you're going to see some great performances up there. But um, yeah, just watch strike. I, I didn't think it was going in, to be fair. As soon as he hits it, it's one of them where you just think it's going to go in. Um, but Adam, just just moving on slightly I'll, on that. I mean, oh, go on. Just no, go quickly, on. just quickly. I just want to say uh, it has to be the second best goal I've ever seen live at the Amex. And of course, second Julio and Ciso takes the number one spot. Yeah, Julio and Ciso, of course, the push gas winning goal against Man City. Uh, it's got to be, for me, number one. Well, all With some respect here, on Yuri Skalak's name. That's no, the one. Yeah, no, no, Yuri no. Skalak is up there. <laughs> that, that is up. I, I'm interested to know, what is, what is your top three? Ryan, we'll start with you. What's your top three goals at the Amex? Oh, mate, that you know that what my brain's live? like. I'll have tons come up now um, because there's different ones. I mean, are you talking just at the Amex? Yeah, we're not talking at... Or are we yeah, talking just, live? just the Amex, yeah. Just... Just at the Amex. So live at the Amex, yeah. Okay, it comes to me yeah, straight away. Live. Ryan Harley, 2011, uh, that 35-yard yeah. free kick was was magic, that was, against Peterborough. Um, again, yeah, Yuri Skalax is impossible to ignore, QPR. Um, Ali Razor, the, the overhead kick. Um, yeah. Let's even think, we've got... There's so many. We got. We, um, we got to say. We've had, surely we got to go like David Lopez against Palace. That was like. Was that yeah. David Lopez Palace? I missed that game though. My dad went with my yeah, yeah. cousin. Oh right. Um, and I was gutted. I had to listen to it on the radio. Um, so I didn't go to that one. Um, there was oh, there was mate, one this against Man United. This is tough I think I think it was like 20, 2018, 19. And do you remember Murray? Um, sort of with the outside of his foot, kind of dinked the chip. The yeah. Yeah, the chip, mate. Yeah, that was oh, it. Yeah. It was, was um, come across from Murray. March, wasn't that was it? Unbelievable. Yeah. No, it was Murray. Yeah. Murray it was. Um, yeah. Gross against Wolves as well. I think it was up there where he sort of hit it with that volley. Um, <sighs> mate, you've you've opened do, up do a can of worms. Do we all agree it? though? <laughs> do we all agree though that the best uh, disallowed goal at the Amex was definitely oh, yeah. McAllister against Leicester? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, and I went toilet that, and I that missed it. That has to be up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I never no. do that. Mate, I never oh, do no. that ever in a game. And um, yeah, I missed, I missed that goal. I ran back out. And if, that my, my dad like, all fair, the was like, that is the best goal ever. I've never seen anything like it. And I think he hit a free, oh, that's it. Alexis free mm. kick against Leicester afterwards. It was also yeah, up there. Yeah. What, was what goal that was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a great yeah, goal, he would yeah. have had a hat trick, so, wouldn't But he? are we all in agreement that Inciso is, is definitely number one? I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, surely. I think Julio is number one just because of its, it's City. The build-up was so good. The moment yeah. as well, it got us Europa League. Um, well, but I think, yeah... yeah, it, yeah. That's tough though. That's tough. I don't think I don't think Purvis gets number two for me. I think I think it's still in the ones. Maybe yeah, Purvis in is hindsight, top five. Now, now that you've said, yeah. Now, now that you've you've mentioned all the other ones, I will take that statement back. Uh, but I will lock in in CISO number one for me, uh, and then yeah, Estepinian probably top five. Um, but yeah, yeah, let us know in the comments what, what your top three is. We'd, we'd be love love to hear. Yeah, we've had yeah. some we've had some good team goals as well. Like that's worth noting. Like we've had some. You know, like the solid yeah. one against Liverpool was was so magic, and I think there's also mm-hmm. like moments of goals. There's different types of goals that mean something, like yeah. the goals for it's against like the McAllister you know, penalty against Man United pretty. at the end of last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's moments in it. So there's there's mate, there's so many we could probably list off that come to mind. But um, yeah, Yuri Skalak always comes to mind. That that volley, I think it was about 35 yards, smacked it, didn't he? Um, but yeah, magic goals, magic goals, some good memories. Hey, eh? we we've lived a pretty good life the last ten years as Bryant fans. Let's face it, we've we've seen some yeah. good moments. Um, yeah, definitely at the Amex. Um, okay, cool. So we'll we'll just get on to the last sort of chaos now, isn't it? Really, we've gone from absolute beautiful football, a beautiful football. We get the fourth goal as well. Actually, João Pedro again. What a surprise! Scores from scores from another penalty. Um, good good bit of play from Ferguson as well to win it. Um, and then and then. I don't know what happened then. We've gone from a team that looks so good to a team that has never seen each other before. It's like Lewis Dunk has been training down at Whitehawk or something the last few weeks and we just look half the team. I don't know what's going on. Um, Lewis Dunk completely gives it away. And, I, and you know what I'm like, I'd never slate Dunk. Um, but that was awful. Um, and I think it was just such a soft goal to give away. And you put yourself under such unnecessary pressure. Um, and all 20 Tottenham fans that stayed to see it as well. Um, great moment for them, really. Um, sorry, had to. The worst support I've seen at the Amex, I think, in ages. That's awful, that was. Cleared off after 4-0. Awful, embarrassing support from Tottenham. Um, but yeah, all 20 of them that did stay. Um, I mean, that that was just poor, wasn't it? And then all of a sudden, we're under pressure, aren't we, Adam? Sorry, I was just on mute there. Yeah, it's just, it's annoying because you sort of... I'd When we were 4-0 up, I was thinking, this is quality, you know, they're not they're not in the game at all. And then as soon as we started, I remember seeing him down the other end, knocking it around the back, and I was thinking, oh God, I just remember, Brighton don't keep clean sheets, do they? And then as soon as I thought that, you know, all hell broke loose. And I can't, to be honest, I can't even remember what happened. Um, but it was just typical. And then the fact the second one came pretty quickly afterwards... I think it really, really shocked the Amex because I think, you know, up until that point, up until what, like 80 minutes, you know, we probably weren't far away from like the Olays coming out and everyone was absolutely loving it. Um, to then, you know, that final 10, 15 minutes, it suddenly just became like, the Amex was just like stunned and mm. I think it kind of really killed the momentum. It kind of meant that when full time came, it was a bit of a weird feeling because it was like, this is amazing, what a win, but like, that was a bit hairy towards the end. Um, I think, you know, as Deserby said at full time, and it's the, it's the classic thing, you know, Potty used to say as well, you know, when, when you play that way, and, you know, Deserby described it as like when you show character in possession, when you show confidence, when you, when you want to, you know, play that way, you're going to, you're going to kind of make mistakes. So I guess it's good when you do it when you're 4 0 up as opposed to like kind of, you know, a nil nil or something. But, um, typical Brighton, and I think we've just all having to accept that that's just like par for the course now with Deserby, to be honest. Yeah, we will never keep a clean sheet again, will we, man? I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, as you say, Adam, we were laying. We they were there for the killing. I thought five, six, five or six was on the yeah. cards um, after mm. that fourth. Um, they were rattled, but Maz, we just, we just, I can't even describe it. We looked like we've literally never seen each other before. As I said, it was, it was so weird. Mm. Yeah, it was, um, you're talking about, you know, the Olays and stuff like that. I actually shouted out, I was like, I want five. And then some kid in front of me goes, I want eight. And I was like, fair enough. Um, we could, you know, we were on course to do that. Um, but yeah, no, like you said, we had that just weird, like, 
yeah, that last 15 minutes was just so bizarre. Because I remember just everyone around me, like, getting super nervous. And I was like, guys, come on, like, have a bit of faith. You know, we're 4-2 up here. And, like, yeah, at 4-2, everyone was like, yeah, we, we could blow this up. You know, this could be 4 all. And I was like, come on, let's have a little bit of faith. I know we weren't playing the best. And we look we look scared in possession. I think that's what sort of uh, worried me a little bit. We, we look very uh, not confident in possession. We kept giving the ball Rattled, away. We? we kept getting dispossessed. Yeah, I, I don't know what exactly had happened. I don't know what the mentality shift was and why that happened. I know maybe maybe it was the, the, the energy of, you know, the crowd sort of going, oh, like, are we in a bit of trouble? And maybe that, that then transferred to the players. I, I don't know. But yeah, we were very sloppy in possession. Uh, we got dispossessed a lot. And yeah, I think it was only in the last, what, five minutes of, of added time or four minutes of added time where we sort of looked a little bit more comfortable and didn't look too much under threat. And, and ultimately... Spurs were just wasteful, weren't they? I remember Kulusevski had that like uh, shot which went over the bar right towards the end. And like oh, they just even when they had like half chances, they just weren't taking advantage of them. And I know Richarlison hit the bar, uh, hit the post, but he was so wasteful. Um, and yeah, I, I just think going forward, Son, Richarlison, Kulusevski were just pretty much ineffective. And and also credit to to our defence for for contributing to that. But then yeah, the Valise Navidad uh, and. Who was the other one he scored? Uh, ben Davis as well. Again, a scrappy goal. Um, so ben Davis. So yeah, it was just it's just poor, really. Yeah, Man, I think it's so Davis typical. Who, that guy, the least guy, when he came on, I said, "Who is that?" Release I said, I, "I have no idea who that is." I said, "I've never heard of him in my life." And I said, "Now that I've said that, he's going to score, isn't he?" And then he did. <laughs> I was like, "Brilliant!" And then and then you give it to. I didn't even realize it was Ben Davis that scored. To be fair, I didn't. I didn't really care. I just it just. Yeah, it, as you say, it's just you get rattled by that, and then it, it just it's so typical Brighton, so typical Brighton to to almost throw it away. And I, was also, there I, was there a point? I forgot oh, about the. Sorry, I also forgot about the the Jason Steele save as well. You know, you know when it was that sort of scramble in the box, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Steele ended up saving, and, and that was I think that was to make it four three, right? So that's a huge moment I think in the game. Um, yeah, it, it just all got a bit mad. I don't know, I don't know what happened, but thankfully yeah. we, we got to last it. 15. Yeah, to be fair to him, that, was, that was a big save. Everyone's but... heart rate's just high. Yeah, sorry, Adam. I, I think we, we think we clashed with like timings there. Is it typical, yeah, typical yeah, Riverside? My delay like, is I, so I, bad. We haven't out with them, don't worry. Yeah, I mean, you can see our pain now, mate. Like, honestly, the viewers that watch and they comment, they say, oh, why do you talk over each other, guys? Honestly, it's, it's yeah, difficult. But yeah, with last... Last fifteen, everyone's heart rates are through the roof. If you probably had like a, a Fitbit or an Apple Watch on, you're you're, you're probably getting notifications. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was, it was it was a tough one. But um, we we got through it. Was there was there a genuine point? Um, I saw you, Adam. Was there a genuine point where you actually thought we're gonna throw this away and this is gonna go to four all, or were you quietly confident uh, that we'd be all right? I was. I was. I was. I was. Oh, it's weird. I, I think I knew we'd win. Because well, once you've fallen up, I mean, it would be mental. But there, I think it was a moment, of like it'd be nine minutes of time. It was ninety, yeah, it was like ninety-four minutes on the clock, and I was just thinking, like, mm, can we get through like the remaining like five minutes of this? And that was the moment. And then suddenly, the next time I looked at the clock, it was like ninety-eight minutes. I was like, okay, we're fine now. Um, but there was a bit of a moment. But I think, nah, I don't, I don't think, as Matt said, like you gotta have a bit of faith, like forty. You know, you're not going to concede two goals in like ten minutes. You wouldn't think. I mean, oh God, be honest, mate. I was, <laughs> I was turning. I was turning. I was like, "What are we doing?" I think when we when the second one went in, I think I had the biggest freak out on the whole row. I was like, "What is going on?" I gen I genuinely thought we were throwing it away, and this was going to be like a Reading. Was it Reading or or Newcastle? Wasn't it against Arsenal? And they, they they just completely capitulated at four 0 up, and uh, I, I thought we we're having a yeah. yeah, I thought we we're having a repeat. And I, I mean, Maz, were you the same? Did you think? Did you think we we're going to throw it away? Because nine there, minutes is a long time. There was a thirty second bit where we conceded the second goal, and there was like a thirty second window where I thought, "Shit, is it? Is this going to happen? Are we actually going to throw away a four 0 lead?" Uh, but no, th and then and then uh, and then I just literally I was like. I remember going around, saying my run was like, relax, lads, we can all go home, don't worry about it. At 4 2, I was like, yeah, we're all good. Um, but no, no, they, they, like, yeah, I won't lie, there was a 30 second to a minute window where I thought, could we throw this away? But then I thought, yeah, it's, it's just not enough time. And also, what gave me sort of hope and solace was that 
The only way we were going to concede another two goals to make it four or, or three to make it five four was stuff that like only us basically we were our worst enemy, right? Like like you said, you mentioned Dunk, um, you know, being poor for the goal. Uh, mm. I felt like we were our worst enemy. So the only way they were going to score was by us being bad and you know us giving things away. Uh, like going forward, I thought Spurs were really really poor. I didn't I think they created much at all. Like I said, there was a few flashes of. A moments where I thought, okay, yeah, like Brennan Johnson when he was through and Richardson hit in the post. But apart from that, they didn't really offer much. So yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I was quite conf- I was quietly confident, but of course there was that 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 little bit of uncertainty uh, and concern. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I I honestly, when it got to about five minutes left, I said, okay, five minutes, two goals, less likely. And then I'll say it because there's a guy that doesn't normally sit there. We were like, okay. Two minutes, two goals, probably. I mean, that's 120 seconds. They're probably not going to get two goals, 120 seconds. So maybe at five minutes they could have done. It's really bad, isn't it, our football? I I, I look at the seconds. Um, it's a bit like catch the trainer that you think, okay, I've got 30 seconds to get to the next platform. I'll be all right. But yeah, it's a similar sort of mentality and you're just like watching the seconds go and I just... It just seems to drag, and you're you're. I don't know why you do it, and I just you're just saying to yourself, I hate football. I hate football. I can't deal with this, and then and then you get through it, and that's just what it's like being a football fan. And everything's great again. The songs come on, and and it's brilliant, and it's like nothing's happened for the last five minutes. You've been through hell and back, um, and then everything's great. It's it's such a weird sport, honestly. Um, nothing can do it to you quite like the beautiful game. Um, but yeah, that's what makes it great, I suppose. Um, but the the moment at full time, Adam. I mean, we we haven't had that in so long. I mean, it, it genuinely feels like so long, doesn't it? Since everyone was celebrating, you know, the the players doing that yeah. big lap of the pitch, and it's actually surprisingly yeah. people still at the end. Um, and and that's that's good, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it's been a while since we've had a a nice moment with the with the squad and and the, and the club. Yeah, completely. And like, you know, back to you saying. Uh, about the Spurs fans, like the fact they all left on like 65 minutes, like wh- what a joke that was. And then as soon as like they scored a goal or two, you suddenly started seeing like a couple of people coming back. I don't know whether people have just gone to the concourse to have like a drink or something, but <laughs> it, was, it was weird. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like full time was great. I think the only other time in the last few months, I think, would be the Marseille game. You know, when we finished top of the Europa League group, and that that was a real moment. Like you know. That felt amazing. I remember getting some video of that and just thinking, oh, this is sick. Um, but in the league, I think it's been a while. Like it's probably not been since like the start of the season, like maybe when we like beat Newcastle um, or something like that, the Amex, where yeah. you've everyone's really, really kind of um, you know had that moment. It's been nice, you know. And it, it, it's like you say, like you, you kind of sat there, you know, shaking, worrying about the the whistle blowing, and then next thing you know, freed from desires playing, and it's all good, and the whole situation's <laughs> fine, and you got the points. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it's a roller coaster, isn't it? It's an absolute roller coaster. But yeah, it's a long trip back to Hayward Heath for the uh, Spurs fans. To be fair, so um, <laughs> they, had, they had a long way to get back home. Uh, <laughs> um, they live around the corner, don't they? These big six boys. But um, yeah, Maz, full time result. Uh, the relief is. It's immeasurable, yeah. um, to say the least. Yeah, no, it, it was fantastic. It was, and I think for me, the best thing about it was, and we've mentioned it a few times now, it was just the, the manner of the performance, especially in the first half. Like, we looked back to, you know, the Brighton, we, the pinnacle of Brighton, like, as fans, we've seen how good we can be. And I think that first half really, for me, was like, yeah, wow, like, we're back, you know, we're, we're, we're the Brighton of old, like dominating possession, actually creating chances, scoring goals, not just creating chances and, you know, dominating possession and not scoring goals. Also backing up, you know, uh, going into that, that first half was just, I was so proud of how well we were and obviously how well we played. And then the second half, of course, there was a few moments where we weren't so great. Um, but yeah, and they come full time. I was like, do you know what? That was such a good performance. And, I, and I'm so happy that, you know, we got that win. It's such a big win as well against who a lot of people tipped at the beginning of the season to be title challengers in Spurs. And I know we were both injury ravaged and, you know, uh, both teams. Yeah, exactly. Very Spursy of them. Um, But yeah, it was, yeah, such a great release of emotions. And yeah, I I remember just literally going up the concourse, seeing Adam, like just just being in such (laughs) a like happy mood and everyone, everyone around me was just dancing, swinging their, you know, swinging their scarves. And yeah, it was just a really good feel 
uh, feel good moment. And I want more of those moments throughout the season. I don't want that. I feel like we've been very inconsistent so far this season. I yeah. want a bit of consistency going forward. And I think that's the big thing for me. Just now, can we kick on and just really have a good run now? Um, and hopefully get a clean sheet at some point as well. That'd be good, wouldn't it? I mean, I wouldn't hold your breath, mate, to be fair, on that one. But um, yeah, the, the one thing I'd say on the... Uh, the Zerbi thing is, uh, I think he said pretty much similar to me at the press conference yesterday, the day before actually, sorry. And he said um, about the fact that sometimes a, a, a strong, a, a weaker team is a better team in that, you know, you've got, it's, it's more about mentality than characteristic. He said, for example, losing Caicedo, you know, obviously he's a, he's a fantastic player, losing McCall, a great player, whatever. But when you lose them, you've, you've then got people that can step in. In good time, don't get wrong, they'll be fine. But he said, when you look at Europa League, we've we've pretty much kept a clean sheet in the last four, I think. And then you look at the Premier League, obviously we can't keep a clean sheet for anything. And you just he said he puts it down to mentality and you know, we prove we can keep clean sheets. We prove we can do that. We prove we know how to defend. We know how to of course we do. We've got great individuals. Um and I think that's the weird thing is about obviously I don't know at what point does the mentality change is it you get your first one, then it then it starts? I don't know, but um, I think maybe the fact we've got such a, a weakened side, if you like, we've got Milner on left wing, um, it almost makes it a bit better. I don't know about you, Adam, if you agree with, agree with it, but they're they're fighting to be in that team, they're fighting to keep their place, and you know, you're there's more opportunities across the board, isn't there? Yeah, completely. And I think like, it's like you say, uh, you know, when you're going into that game with no fullbacks, no wingers, you know, at least like nat natural wingers or fullbacks, I think the players, you know, you have to come up with a game plan, don't you? You have to come up with a way to play and you have to do something a bit different. And I think Deserby, I, I might be getting the quote slightly wrong here, but the quote was something like, you know, I'm a good coach, but you know, we had to find a way to kind of do something different here today because we didn't have the players for it. And I think when you have that, it's like, it's like back in the day, like I remember Jose Mourinho, like when Chelsea won the league, it's like you create that siege mentality of that everyone's against you, the refs are against you. And it's like here, it's like if we go into like, again, the team talks like, listen, boys, we're going to have to be together. We've got no, you know, no players. We've got loads of injuries. You've got, you've got to find that spirit. You've got to find that mentality. You've got to, you've got players have got to step up. Players like Buena Notte have to step up. And I think he has the last couple of games to be fair to the bloke. And you have to find new ways of playing. And, it's like you say, it's it's much more of a mentality thing than it is about personnel or players. I think with the clean sheet thing, I think it is, it's a bit weird. And I think we, d we do need to sort it out because I think it'll probably, it might end up catching up with us because you can only kind of win games 4-3 or like 5-4 so often. And like towards the end of that game last night, it was a bit like a basketball match with like, you know, it was down our end, then back up their end, and then down our end, and back up their end, and like, that's just not really a way to kind of consistently do well. I don't know, maybe that's a little bit critical, and I think, you know, the trade-off is that you have unbelievable football, and you get to see some of the football and the confidence of play that we were seeing last night, but um, I think we do need to sort that out. Yeah, I agree. Um, Maz, any, any further thoughts really on not just that, but the, the mentality of the squad. He, he said that he thinks the, the mentality is the strongest it's ever been um, since he's been at the club. He, mm. And that just doesn't apply to the players, but the club, the fans, you know, everyone involved. He thinks that, you know, if everyone's finally getting onto the same sort of level of, of, of thinking, which has been hard to win over, isn't it, really? Yeah. I think, yeah, no, definitely. And I, I think um, a really key thing, I think, for that personally, I think just looking just last night um, to just... We see it game in, game out. But just, just focus on last night. Like, I remember Adam Lana on the side just literally barking orders and, like, you know, uh, kept kept communicating with the players. And I think when you've got players like him, Welbeck, Milner, you know, really experienced players that have pretty much won everything, nearly uh, won a lot of trophies, got that elite mentality. And then you've got a coach like De Zerbe, And again, talking to De Zerbe, like, he's a madman on that touchline. The way he's so passionate, even when, like... It's something so minuscule that's happened. He'll like berate his assistant coaches and be like, right, why didn't we do that? Like, what, what happened there? Why did that go wrong? And I think when you've got the mentality monsters of Deserby, Lalana, Milner, Welbeck, I think it's just natural that that will transpire through the squad. And I think we've really seen that. Um, yeah, especially when, you know, the, the chips are down, so to speak, and you're losing players. You've got, what, 11 injuries now, including the two yesterday. So 
when the chips are down and you're thinking, right, we need, you know, we need those leaders. And I think that's when you see those people step up, the Zerbies, the Lolanas, the Milners, the Welbecks. And uh, yeah, I think we need them just to keep us going through. And I think they've done a pretty good job so far. I just want us to be more consistent. I think hopefully with that mentality change, can we just be a bit more consistent with performances and results? And I think yeah, also... I, I think um, when you're in bad form... Oh, go on. Oh, sorry, man. Um, I remember towards the la- end of last season, De Zerbi, I think it might have been when Europe was looking a little bit touch and go, maybe kind of like March last season. I remember De Zerbi talking quite a lot about the mentality of the squad and saying that we've got some fantastic players, but we do need to improve on our mentality a little bit. And I think, you know, I think that is something that, that he's done. I think certainly with, with recruitment, I think people probably were questioning the Milner signing a little bit. And I think... You know, it's an interesting one because, like, I think last night was his best game he'd had, and I don't think he has been brilliant, if we're being completely honest, up until this point. But I think just what he brings to the squad, you know, him, Lalana, as you say, as well, Beck, like, there's so many donkey, like, all of them, like, the mentality in that squad will just be unbelievable. And you see, there was a clip, um, I, I see your social actually put out this morning, it was like a, an Amazon Prime video of Billy Gilmore and Lewis Dunk doing impressions of people in the squad. And Billy Gilmore's impression of Lewis, of, of James Milner was like, going, yeah, come on, boys, it's fucking getting, you know, like, yeah. basically just making out that he's yeah, like a proper really leader. Point. And like, it's just like, it's just good to have those players, isn't it? Nothing will phase them. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when you're in bad form, it's it's that, isn't it? You're looking at every game and it's bad. You can't think of, you know, it's, we've got to get through this game. We've got to get through this game. Whereas you have that week's break, you're, you're refreshed and that's it. You're, you're back on it. And that's something we saw last night. Um, but no, all good. Very good. I'm very happy. Um, apart from the last 15, but, you know, we can forget about that if you put the positive hats on. Um, it's good to have the Albion back. It's good to be back on this podcast, celebrating goals, celebrating wins and, and not being downbeat about referees and downbeat about the way we've somehow not won a game or whatever. So, um, no, it's been an absolute pleasure, boys. Um, yeah. I know it wasn't too much of a chore for you both to come on this morning anyway because because of the result. But, um, yeah, Adam, thank yeah. you for joining <laughs> us, mate. Last minute step in, as always. Uh, you've thank you so great, much. Thank uh, you so of Always coming on. And um, no worries, mate. And... Um, yeah, we'll see you. Who's next one? We've got uh, West Ham. So we'll see you actually in a new year. West Ham. This will be the, the final podcast, probably, unless we get a preview up beforehand yeah. of 2023, which is absolutely insane. So thank you all for the support over the last mm. year again. Um, on to the next one. And um, yeah, I'll be in the back. <laughs> so is Purvis' opinion. Yeah, yeah. see you soon. Goodbye. Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.